All right. Uh, this is interesting stuff. I was reading in the Toronto Star the other day a column by Leslie Ann Scorgi. She's founder of the financial education company MeVest. She says you should be investing 15% of your household budget in wellness and entertainment. Okay. I think we're all on board with the entertainment portion, but wellness, wait, does that mean I have to split that 15% between both? Because Leslie, I don't have a lot left over. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I appreciate it. The, you know, the wellness and entertainment category of the average Canadian's budget is about 15%. It's also known as discretionary spending. This is like the fun part of everyone's budget. But what we try to do in this budget is we, we try to, you know, put a little bit of money back into our own personal development and our, our health and wellness because there's a huge return on investment when we put some of that money back into our, our, ourselves. And, and that's really the premise of the article that I wrote was it's healthy to entertain yourself and to spend on wellness, but there's some real good guardrails to follow where when we take a certain portion of that 15% and we put it towards, let's say, our self-development, we get like a really good uh, return on investment. And and that portion is actually 3% of your budget. And then another 3% goes towards fitness. So if you're following the math here, you've got 15% of discretionary spending, three Mm -hmm. going to self-development, and another three going to to fitness, and that leaves you another 9% to really do whatever you want with. Like, have fun. That's the entertainment portion. And, And for certainly a lot of households right now, that goes pretty darn fast. Okay, what about healthy eating? I would imagine that that goes under the wellness portion. And then there's a bigger percentage. That's a, I mean, that's a really great question. But healthy eating actually falls into our our groceries and our food category. So what I suggest is when you're on the the path of trying to eat really healthy, um, you you make conscious decisions in your food category, which we know, you know, that can be uh, anywhere from like uh, 10% of a budget to 20% of a budget. And then if you need to dial it up, so let's say you are a vitamin buyer, vitamins would definitely fall into the wellness portion of your budget. Could these two um, separate categories cross over, your entertainment and your wellness? I know they're in the same budget. 15% of your household budget should go to those two things. But could they actually start to cross over depending on how uh, into your wellness you get? Like say uh, you take up through your personal development, you realize that fitness is really important to you and you take up mountain biking and that becomes something that is actually an entertainment for you. Yeah, and, and I've got a, just a personal example to share. I am a huge uh, fitness person, and in fact, I every year do my own training because I hold a fitness instructor designation as well as going to the gym. And so I am a good candidate where you see my my entertainment and my personal development being rooted in fitness. And so I, I tend to spend money 
on those things, but it actually feels kind of like entertainment because that's where part of my community is as well. I get the social benefit from that. And I have to tell you this really interesting story of where I I got the idea to write this article. I was asked from a gal who was taking a course that I offer to help people become more financially secure. And she said, Leslie Ann, um, every year, I know I should be putting money back into my own personal development, such as, you know, financial coaching or therapy. And, um, you know, like, what's the guardrail? And this gal was making $50,000 a year. And so that 3% is about, you know, $1,500 throughout the course of the year. And so for her, that, you know, that allowed her just over $120 each month to put toward her own personal development, which is a great sum of money for somebody who, who really wants to develop. And where we got that data from that 3% recommendation is that we had, we've studied high-performing communities of people, entrepreneurs being one of them, and that's exactly what they're spending on average every year, um, and, and they're really getting some big benefits from from that. You've got this 3% rule for fitness out of the 15%, right, of your budget. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that that's really interesting and it's doable. So uh, you're saying if you're a family with a household income of 125000 a year, your spending for the entire family should not exceed $3,750 uh, mm-hmm. for the year or $313 a month. Now, if we are blurring lines into where fitness becomes actually part of your entertainment, mm-hmm. where your wellness and entertainment become one, is there a percentage where you should look at it and go, whoa, my fitness... I'm spending way too much on this. And this actually is going into, uh, because I know that you can get into obsessive categories where Mm -hmm. it is not wellness anymore. This is turning into something different. So is there a capper on the percentage that you should just be aware of uh, uh, as far as your spending goes? Yeah, I'd say if anything, more than 10% of your budget is going towards fitness um, I would, I would do a flag there, a red flag there. And certainly like I've, worked and counseled people on this category because we have seen um, zero correlation between how much gets spent and how fit people actually are and how mental health healthy they are. So I always push back a little bit on that category to say, well, what are you getting? Are you really getting that return? If you're putting money into this category, we want to see you healthy physically and mental health. If we're not getting the results, the answer is very clear. You need to dial that category back. Leslie Ann, you know, during this pandemic, we're seeing people not spending as much. And there's a couple of reasons why, A, you just, you couldn't spend uh, yeah. money the same way you could before because things were closed and you and you weren't uh, able to, uh, you know, get into some activities that would cost you money. But there are people now looking at their dollars uh, very carefully and not only their bank accounts as, as they realize they have some savings and they might need those savings because things are not as stable as they once uh, were. And, and they're thinking, listening to the segment, probably, holy, I can't afford to even think about uh, yeah. courses for bettering myself or fitness courses. Can you point them to alternatives that actually um, make a lot of sense? Yeah. So I love this. Many Canadians are, are just unable to make the investment right now. 
So a couple places you can go are uh, a lot of instructors, for example, uh, myself included, we run free courses and we beta test new content and it's very well publicized and advertised. Like you should sign up for beta tests for free content all over your social media feed. You'll, you'll probably get three three invitations a day. Um, the next. What is, can webinars. I just interrupt? What would those look like? So usually they're an ad that shows up or a sponsored post that shows up saying, I am seeking a beta tester to help me develop some new content. And you should click yes, because typically, like it is in our cases, we're running a full course for hundreds of beta testers Hmm. to get their feedback. And those courses are typically sold anywhere from $500 to $1,500 a piece. And so you're looking for these these requests, you know, free sign up. We're taking 300 people. You should sign up for all of that. Uh, Okay. It's great. The next is free webinars. I'm a big fan of this. I sign up for at least one per week, learning how to write better, learning how to improve my fitness, YouTube videos, um, fill your boots. There's so many YouTube videos on on health and wellness and how-tos. And then the other thing that I'm a big fan of, especially for families with kids at home, is low to no online platforms. Academy, for example, is for kids and they are all about learning. And uh, same with like National Geographic, they have a whole kids section, uh, learning section for kids. That's that's free. And then if you want to pay a tiny bit of money, you can sign up for courses on Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. Those are typically for adults and they can be as cheap as $12 uh, to get a full course. So, these are some great low to no cost options. Uh, and Amazing. I highly recommend them. 